I can't believe we are approaching eight seasons of Bar Rescue on the Paramount Network, and it's on all the time. I've watched uh, every single damn episode of this show, and John Taffer joins us. Hi, John. How are you? Hello, John. Hey, guys. I can't believe it's eight seasons myself. Yeah. yeah, but this is a unique season when you're hosting a show called Bar Rescue. Boy, this is kind of job uh, security for you the next couple of years. Yeah, it sort of is, guys. It's Sad. a very different season. Very different season than other years. You know, we've all heard about how the pandemic has crushed the restaurant and bar industry. This season of Bar Rescue really shows how it's affected the individuals. Heavy stories, guys. Very emotional season. There's one story where a guy loses his house three months before we get there, and he runs up all his credit card balances, continuing to pay his employees when he had to be closed. Oh. Then a few months later, he opens up at 25% occupancy, and those same employees steal from him. What? After he did that. So, yeah, there's some heavy-duty stories. Families living above restaurants, employees who've lost their cars and their trying to carpool back and forth to work, and it's a very, very emotional season. Jack, can you come back, you know, because there's a lot of, when you come in and do the show and you'll tell the owner if they got bad employees, and, you you know, the way you approach it's different depending on the show, but sometimes you'll sit and tell the employees, hey, how much longer do you have on your house? And then the owner will say three weeks. I mean, when there's a limited amount of time where these people are going to lose their house or lose their car, can you still rescue them? Well, you know, we run about a 70% success factor, guys. So so that's from an independent website. Now, that's pre-pandemic, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, we do help them. Some of the problems, guys, is they could be behind in taxes. They could be behind with their landlord. There are a couple of cases in bar rescue history years ago where we came in, we remodeled the bar, and the, the bar was in default of their lease with the landlord. Oh, no. So after we left and remodeled the building, the landlord then evicted the tenant. And he Jesus. waited until we remodeled the place. So he had to remodel the <laughs> bar to rent it twice the price after we left. So we've had a couple of those. But we're pretty cautious to make sure that the bar owner has a deal with the landlord and things are in place to make them successful. John Taffer, host of Bar Rescue. You know, we have seen uh, pandemic as we're coming out of this pandemic here in uh, Columbus and Central Ohio, John, is a lot of owners, they struggled, they made it through, they kept their place. Thank God they've reopened and they can't stay open because they can't get the workers. The workers are, are getting those government checks. They can't get people. They can't. There's no staff available. It's, it's a crisis all across the country. And think about it. Our government has told us that we're going to be all back in business by July 4th is the date we've been given. But these enhanced unemployment benefits run through September, guys. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, how do, we, how do we get our economy going again when we can't get our employees back? You're right. It's a nightmare. So restaurants are opening four and five days a week uh, just because that's the amount of employees that they have. And we're working the employees day and night you know, as many days in a row as we can. And it's it's a, a really difficult situation. We've got to get our people back to work. John Taffer's with his new season of Bar Rescue on the Paramount Network. And trust me, if you've missed any of the shows, they are playing the reruns almost on a 24-7 yeah. loop on Paramount it's Network. It's a good network. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. So John, explain, it's something Yellowstone. To me, it plays, explain something to me about the show. So in the beginning scene, you're in the car with your experts and you're watching these buffoons screw up a bar. And they know you're coming at some point do they not know there are cameras all around the bar picking up this bad behavior and they just don't give a crap 
Yeah, it's unbelievable, guys. We put the cameras in about two days before I get there. And they're not my, uh, hidden cameras. I mean, they're mounted on a wall, and they have joysticks, so they're the kind of cameras that turn and focus, et cetera. So people know they're there. But it's fascinating how they just sort of disappear after the while. And when you look at how people behave, certainly they're not thinking they're on camera. So the cameras just tend to disappear. Yeah. I mess with them, guys. You know, they might think I'm coming on Wednesday, but I show up on Tuesday. They might think I'm coming on Tuesday, but I don't show up till Wednesday. They're told that I'm going to one of a few different bars in town. Uh, uh, so they uh, uh, think that I could go to one or two or three. Sometimes we'll call there and they'll say, oh, too bad, guys. John went to another bar and we'll actually start pulling down lights and stuff. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, and then suddenly the boot, the liquor bottles come out. Suddenly everything turns to normal. So we sort of have to trick them into being themselves, but it works. Do yeah. you do you find that the mom and pops, I know a lot of your uh, this season's episodes are going to be in your hometown of Vegas, given how that was affected by the pandemic. Do you find that the corporate or the franchise, the big bar chains, are, are those run that much better than the mom and pops or are the mom and pops have an advantage in that they don't have all the overhead of the big corporates or the casinos in your case in Vegas? Well, you know, that overhead does matter and franchise fees and stuff like that matter. But, you know, guys, when you buy a franchise or you're involved in a corporation, there's much more policies and structures and systems and things like that to support operations and make it consistent. So I've always felt that a franchise is greatly advantaged in an independent operation. Ah, Right. Hey, good John, to know. Good to so know. When we were all kids, all each one of us, I'm sure, in this conversation probably thought when they were a kid, oh, man, if I had a rock band, I would name it this, right? And and it's kind of yeah. the same with like a restaurant or a bar. You can, But you continue to turn out great names. Just talk about the importance of a name of a bar because a lot of times you got to come in and not only change the bar, but you got to change the name of the bar. Oh, I do. And, and here's a little inside scoop. You know, I've never been to these bars before. I don't see casting reels. I don't know anything about the odor on purpose. And I am executive producer on my show, but by design, I don't want to know anything about casting. So I show up cold. I've never been in there. I've never seen it before. What you don't know is after recon, I take all the employees and owners, I put them in vans in the parking lot, and I go in and I design the bar that night off camera. The second day when we're doing stress tests, I have to get the logos done, all the recipes done, all the food orders done. I got to get the interior design, the wallpapers picked, the paints, the, the bar stools, the tables. All of that has to be done by the end of the second day, which is when we do stress tests. The logos have to be at the sign maker and all that kind of stuff. The third day we do training offsite. And then the fourth day we do the reveal. Uh, uh, so we do remodel it in 36 hours, just like you see on television. When I walk in after recon, uh, uh, I've never been in that bar before, just like you see on television. So I really think the success of Bar Rescue is its honesty and the fact that I don't have a head start on the audience. I'm learning at the same time the audience is. I don't know anything the audience doesn't know. It seems like, and I know it's bar rescue and not restaurant rescue, it's but it's person se- rescue. It's se- yeah, yeah, well, and that too. And yeah. I, it, it seems like a lot of the problems in bars, taverns, is the food aspect. Does anyone just do a lounge anymore? The markup, the margin on liquor, right? What ha- whatever happened to a great jukebox and booze? Does anyone do that anymore? Sure, there are some bars like that out there, but you know, in a lot of markets today. Uh, 
having your liquor license is connected to food. You have to do a certain amount of food sales oh, to maintain your liquor, liquor license. Got it. So some of that is controlled by cities and governments. But sure, there's still some bars out there that don't have food. But here's an interesting number, guys. If I can get you to eat something in a bar, you'll say 57 minutes, 52 minutes longer. Wow. If you stay 52 minutes longer, the average person has two and a half drinks their first hour in a bar one and a half drinks their second hour in a bar, and then about one and a quarter drinks each hour thereafter. That's just the general average. So think about it. If I get you to stay 52 minutes longer because I gave you a hamburger, I'm going to sell another one or two drinks. So that's not an $8 right. hamburger. That's a, tw- that's a $20 hamburger. That's a yes. ballpark hamburger. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, John, you're I, good. Yeah, we just love the show, Bar Rescue, Paramount Network, starting season eight. John, thanks so much for your time. Great stuff. My pleasure, guys. Great to talk to you. Bye-bye.